I hope you enjoyed episode 118 with Luke Smith of simplyconverting.com last week. We gave you tips to understand how to use Facebook ads to attract training clients. Today, we're bringing you the second last episode of the year. This is the third year of the Training Business Podcast. And in less than 10 days, it's the start of another full year, maybe an entirely unpredictable year. Who's to say? But let's look at what the key lessons were or are from 2020, so you can make 2021 your most productive, happiest, and fulfilling training business year ever. Okay, this is episode 119 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey! And welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, my name is Mark. I'm the host of the Training Business Podcast. This is the podcast or show for freelance trainers, for training business owners, for training consultants, training facilitators, just like you and me, all around the world. And the goal of this episode and every episode of this show is simple. It's to help you to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. Now, I said before the music that this is the second last episode of the year. So in a way, it's a kind of retrospective on 2020 to give us perspective for 2021. So a couple of questions for me as you're driving or walking or sitting or thinking or browsing. How was this year for you? Did you find this year a struggle? Were you alone in this regard? Probably not. This was the year when the rule book was ripped up. This was the way that things happened in 2020 when all of a sudden we became conscious of technology like Zoom. Did the way you train, the way you coach, the way you facilitate change? Did the way you connect with people change? Did the way you prospect for new clients and sell to existing clients change? Did the way you lived in 2020 change? Did you reconfigure your home to become a office, as I call it, or a home office? Did you ever think you would see the day when you were training people from your bedroom, your kitchen, your living rooms? No, neither did I. I was putting together an outline for this today and as I sat there in a cafe locally, I was looking around me and I saw that everyone, well, at least the socially responsible were, uh, wearing masks. Some were wearing them as chin warmers, go figure. Some people were wearing them properly, but it doesn't matter. What, what actually matters here is the fact that this is now the new normal. This is another expression I've learned in 2020. We've learned a lot about people in 2020 in terms of how they behave. So, what key things have we learned overall from 2020 for your training business? Well, five things come to mind. First of all, the business of training has changed irrevocably. Number two, there are things which are still going to change even further because there's more change on the way. Number three, there is opportunity for those willing to make that change and help others to make change. Number four, there are things that you can do, but also things that you need to stop doing right now. And number five, there are things you need to focus on. So let's go through those individually as we kind of use this episode to create retrospective on 2020. Well, first of all, number one, as I said, is the business of training has changed irrevocably. Many things 
are not going back to the way they were. I can't say what those are. Maybe you've got beliefs or suspicions as to what those things will be. There definitely has been this year massive disruption to existing on-premises or on-site training, face-to-face training. It hasn't been eliminated entirely, but I would say that many people's expectations of what training delivery looks like for 21 has changed. We need now to be more versatile in terms of other people's platforms of choice, not just their offices, but their platform of choice, Zoom or Teams or Skype for Business, and of course, a range of other apps which are coming down the line, because there now is perhaps more than ever a business case to be made for blended learning. It's hard now to make the case for long-distance traveling expenses or taking people away from their jobs for hours or days at a time. People now want more, they want more light-touch training from me and from you. They want perhaps um, a couple of hours here, maybe once a month. So you might find more of your training is distributed across months as opposed to days. And that's something I saw this year a lot of. For example, a client of mine I work with, uh, 1.5 hours on a Monday, a Tuesday and a Thursday, and that's one training session for them. Previously, pre-COVID, this would have been delivered almost entirely on site and in one day, but that's changed now. People almost want to be able to click a link and have training at a time that suits them. So I'm very much now in the situation where I have to adjust to hours for APAC, uh, for EMEA. For example, I've got training with APAC in February. And looking at my calendar, some of this stuff starts at nine o'clock at night, other sessions at 10 o'clock at night, others even at four or 5 a.m. And that's exactly the reality of, of 2020 and 2021. I'm now working other people's hours Has that happened for you? Has that happened to you? Have you found that your routine, your personal routine, your professional routine has had to change to reflect this new reality? There was a time when I used to wear a suit. I haven't worn a suit now since February 2020. I can't see myself wearing one for months, for a long time ahead. Is is that true for you too? Maybe you've got a briefcase or a favorite traveling case or a favorite laptop bag, and maybe that's not really seeing much light either because... Again, that's another change. People now want to be able to have you on their screen as opposed to in their office. They want to meet you online as opposed to meeting you face-to-face. And that's, again, another change. So my questions to you here on this point are, one, have you had to redesign your business model? Have you had to come up with training and facilitation products to work online? Have your products as they stood or existed pre-COVID, have they made the transition? Have you had to make up for a shortfall in income? How is your training business going to make up for any shortfall coming in 21? Is there anyone, for example, a mentor whom you could or should reach out to or speak to about how your business, your income streams have changed this year and what that means for you next year? Number two today is the topic of things which are going to change, because I think there is more change on the way. Um, It's hard to say, because I've no crystal ball, whether COVID will go away, but I would argue that the the traces of COVID will remain for a long time to come. And so far as it's changed people's expectations of what training looks like, how it's delivered, how long it takes, 
um, what it should do. So a lot of this is technology driven. I'm, I'm looking right now at all the apps and software I use in my business and a huge increase in, in technology. For example, LinkedIn, I will use for networking uh, or Zing, a German website for German language speakers, X-I-N-G. If you speak a different language, there may be other platforms for you besides LinkedIn. LinkedIn's not the only one out there. Teachable.com is a platform I use for online courses. Um, I use Xero, X-E-R-O, for accounts, invoicing. Um, there are all kinds of software apps out there now for online conferences, for online summits. And that's a huge thing, I think, that will grow exponentially in 2021. This taste now that people have for being able to learn from their desk, from their home office, their office, wherever they happen to be, being able to click in and see content, experience conferences and and summits and forums online, wherever they are. And the world is increasingly flat. And that reminds me of a book I read maybe 10 years ago by a guy called Thomas Friedman, who's a columnist with the New York Times. And I think the world was all about, I think the the book title was something like The World is Hot, Sticky and Flat. And he talked about how the fact that thanks to the internet, we're now in a different business model. And this is true, I think, because of COVID. We're now competing with not just people in the same town as us, but often with people in different countries. You're now competing as a training consultant, as a training business owner, You're competing with people in Osaka and Oregon and Birmingham and Buenos Aires. And I think this is the the way we can expect things to go even further. All of a sudden now, the barriers to entry into the training business have changed. People now find that with a laptop and a desktop and a reasonably good broadband connection, you are literally available anywhere to anyone. So it's it's great on one hand. On the other hand, it's more competitive and therefore it's harder to stand out. So thinking of the things which are going to change, I see a lot more online competition. I see a lot more um, expectations from customers to see us in different places, not just you know on, in Zoom or, or Teams, but other places to be able to come across our content and to consume our, our uh, mental output, our products, mental products, our intellectual property, and to avail of that in different places. So my question here is, what are your plans to become a digital native? What are your plans to become a digital native in the 21st century? COVID has, in many respects, accelerated things. How will you leave your digital footprint online in the right places, on the right channels, with the right messages that point back to your digital brand, the brand of you? what Chris Tucker calls the brand of you as a youpreneur. What are your plans to learn this technology or to outsource it to someone like a VA? Because algorithms are increasingly disruptive, uh, complex, hard to predict. And in some respects, there are things now which your business needs you to do, which you cannot do because you can't be all things to all people. There is talk of massive disruption coming in terms of 3D training, holographic training, training where people put on headsets like the Quest 2 from Facebook uh, to consume, you know, content in the form of meetings or workshops where people are virtually present. Now, that's not science fiction. It used to be science fiction. That technology is here now. So I think 
that kind of thing will be quite commonplace within two years. You might even see some of this happening in 2021. Number three today is there is opportunity for those willing to make this change, to embrace this change, and to help others to make this change. You can literally be, as I said, location independent. You can work from anywhere. And I know people this year who surprised me by where they were working from. I mean, literally someone was working from Turkey, someone from Thessaloniki in Greece, and I couldn't tell the difference. They were in the room with me, but they could have been down the road from me. And the point is that you can work from anywhere with a laptop, desktop, broadband connection, with a website or landing pages, with lead pages, with um, lead magnets, all the kinds of things that really make you location independent and really interdependent in the sense that when you are available to people who need your training, that's all that really matters. So what this means is that others out there are in need of training right now to help them to navigate these changes. Are you willing to step up? Can you help them with remote leadership, remote training, self-administered learning, dynamic just-in-time learning, just-in-time training, working with LMSs? Because you need to be very versatile. So my questions here are, where do your clients right now most need help changing or adopting or accommodating or overcoming? Have you workshops, programs, products in mind or in development to help them with these challenges? How could you find out what these challenges are? Better conversations, networking with prospects, listening to their language and understanding from them what they need from people like you to help them to embrace the changes which are coming this year and beyond. How could you do a better job of understanding and assessing those needs? Number four today, there are things that you can do, but you need to stop doing. And to my mind, this means becoming much more lean and efficient in 21, outsourcing more and more and more admin tasks, low-value tasks. You probably could do these things reasonably well, but questions that come to my mind are, could people do them better than you? Well, probably. There's no excuse to do something just because you like doing it. This is the trap I've fallen into myself regularly. It's tempting to just do something because it's easy for you. The question is, though, is it actually something which pays you, rewards you, remunerates you for doing that thing? Because when you say yes to something, you are, if you think of it, actually saying no to something else. So to give you examples, are you the right person to write your own blog posts, your own content, design your own Facebook ads, thinking of what we discussed with Luke Smith last week? Are you the right person to record your podcast? I don't do this. I have a guy called Sam who helps me with all of the audio editing, and that's as it should be. Likewise, James works with me in terms of graphics. He does it far better, far quicker, more efficiently, than I can. So if COVID has taught you anything, has it been the value of time, how you allocate that most precious of resources, time, the thing you cannot get back, you can make money as a trainer, but you cannot make time. And loads of people have told me that this year they've become conscious of their routines, their business routine, their personal routines, and how those two have overlapped. So questions for me or from me to you here are which things for you are best delegated, delayed, or deleted. One more time, which things for you, thinking of your training business, coaching business, facilitation business, are best delegated, delayed, or deleted? Which things are going to be done better by other people than by you, even if they need to be 
um, shall we say, signed off by you because they're part of what you sell to other people? But are there things that you could outsource, um, delegate, or simply delay and delete? Which aspects of your training, of your coaching, of your consulting, of your facilitation business just don't make you happy or just don't make you money or both? Maybe there are things you do because as I said, it's it's routine. It's it's tempting to do the things you've always done the way you've always done them. But maybe it's just something that, if you think of it, if you could eliminate that thing, it would make you happier. And there's a company. Uh, there's a, port, a thought actually I want to leave you with uh, when I come to the next section. In my notes here, um, because that's something quite relevant to what's happened to me this weekend. In fact, what else comes to mind? Well, which. SOPs or standard operating procedures or systems or routines or structures or habits do you need to put in place in 21? Okay, so again, that number four is there are things that you can do but need to stop doing because they're just not really the best things you should be doing. And I've learned that in 21 to outsource more and more things to people who can do them quicker than me, better than me and much more efficiently than me. So in the long term, can you, or even the medium term, can you find things which you could take off your plate and put onto someone else's plate? They'll still be done, but they're not things that will necessarily earn you money. You're better off outsourcing these things, delegating these things, and focusing on the things for which you can charge, what we call income generating activities, IGAs. And that's, by the way, an expression which comes from another guy called Rob Moore, who's written a couple of great books. Uh, so check him out, Rob Moore, R-O-B-M-O-O-R-E. Number five today, finally, there are things that you need to focus on. You love the training business. I love the training business, but which parts appeal to you? Well, are you the right person to do resilience training and IT training and language training and maybe some kind of leadership training and sales training? And the answer is more than likely not. So this weekend, I've made a decision to let go of a lucrative project. In fact, this weekend, in truth, it's a decision which a business partner and I kind of we thrashed out because it it actually appeared to her that this was not my strength. I was slacking off in some areas with emails. And it was kind of obvious that I hadn't the kind of enthusiasm that I could have had or should have had from the point of view of the the client, it just wasn't working out. I actually feel good about this now as I record here on Sunday evening. There is stuff that I'm really good at, there's stuff I'm average at, and there's stuff, quite simply put, I'm crap at. And that's possibly the same for you, I'm not sure. But it's recognizing that although there are contracts out there you could do, perhaps they're financially rewarding, but doing them is a drag for you. It just depresses you. It takes longer to do it than it should take to do it. And maybe it's just something you're not better off doing in the first place. Just just let go to grow. So if you think of it, there are things that you're more than likely top shelf at, top shelf. There are things you're probably average doing. The trouble is though, if you're average at these things, you're easily replaceable. And it's no coincidence that your rates in that case are average too. So my focus for 21 is to focus on the stuff where I am world-class. I can make good money doing these things, things I love to do. That's sales coaching for me, by the way. And I kind of touched upon this back in February, February 6th of 2020, an episode entitled How to Identify Your Ideal Customer. And 
taking my own lessons here, you need to be really crystal clear on your niche. I am now crystal clear in my niche. The Americans have an expression, the niches, or the riches are in the niches. Um, in other words, the word niche, French word is pronounced as niche. So what that means is that you're more than likely going to be able to charge more and uh, achieve more when you're focusing on things where your specialism is unique or hard to compete with. So what is your niche or niche for 21? Is there a niche within a niche or a niche within a niche? Is there a subsection of your area, if it's resilience training, for example? Is it resilience training with law firms? Or if your training is mental health focus, is it, for example, um, mental health training with retail companies? So we're looking for something where it's your best work dealing with the people who have the best regard for you and you can charge your best rates. Because obviously, if you can stand out from everyone else and focus on those things, you're going to perhaps make your next business year, this year coming, 2021, your most productive, happiest and fulfilling training business year ever. Okay? So challenge accepted. So one more time, those five things from the top. One, the business of training has changed irrevocably this year. Many things are not going back to the way they were. Number two, there are things which are going to change in 21, and I've touched upon a few things which I think are coming in that sense. There is more of that on the way. Number three, there is opportunity for people like you and me to make that change and to help others to make that change. Number four, there are things that you can do, but you've got to stop doing those things to be able to focus on things which are higher value, more rewarding personally, and of course, financially. And number five, there are things you should focus on instead. These, these are the things where you've done your best work previously. It's indicative of the kinds of best work you will do in, in the next year. How can you find more of that work, identify more people like that, and focus on the niches where you will find riches. Focusing on those things will, fingers crossed, hopefully, bring you your most productive, happiest, and fulfilling training business year ever. Now, before I sign off, I want to thank all the people who've been very kind and generous with their time on the show this year, including Luke Smith of simplyconverting.com, last week's guest, Kay Littlehales from Manchester, Stephanie and Russell Watkins of senpai.co.uk, uh, Leslie Riley in the States of Lead Like a Girl, Trevor Reagan of Train Ugly, Andy Edwards, who spoke to me about the topic of happy sheets, Alison Jones of Practical Publishing, who helps authors or business uh, trainers, people who are consultants and coaches to produce a book. That was a great episode with Alison, Tess Sharp and Keith Jones. Uh, Shannon Banks of Be Leadership, Miranda Kane of Elevate, Denise Whiteley, who gave us time to spend three episodes on the subject of designing your own course, Gina London of GinaLondon.com, an ex-CNN presenter, now training business owner, Ben Hunt Davis of Will It Make the Boat Go Faster, a former former oarsman, in fact, just like me, used to row, uh, Olympic gold medal winner, and now training business owner, uh, John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, Yota Trum of the Women in Tech Club, Michael Bungay-Stanier, who is the founder of the great training company, company which teaches people how to, to become coaches. He's also the author of Box of Crayons. Sorry, the company is called Box of Crayons. He's the author of The Coaching Habit 
and the Advice Monster, uh, Vicky Harris of VH Learning in the UK, uh, Jude Jennison, Leaders by Nature, who trains people with horses, fascinating subject, Lorna Gammon, um, who's an HR consultant, talked about her experience directly of being furloughed this year, a very hot topic this year in 2020. I'd never heard of the word furloughed before, but now it's quite commonplace. Um, Robbie Anderson of Chimp Management, that's that company which produced that fantastic book called The Chimp Paradox. Highly recommend that book to you. Jeb Blunt of Sales Gravy, uh, another author of many fine books on the topic of sales training, which is my area. Marshall Goldsmith, arguably the best-known coach in the world. He was the first, in fact, the second guest uh, of the show this year. And finally, the very first episode this year, 2020, was Jack and Patty Phillips of the ROI Institute in the US. And of course, I couldn't send end my episode today without thanking Sam for all his podcast editing this year, James for all his artwork, Turul for helping me with web stuff. And of course, thank you to you. A massive thanks to you for your continued loyalty, for your continued suggestions, your continued listenership, and for your continued support. So thinking of the critique which you've helped me with in terms of the things you'd like to have more of, the things you'd like to have less of, I appreciate all of these things and welcome more of the same. You can contact me, mark at trainingbusiness.com. Would love to hear from you and be guided by you in terms of the content you would like on the show in 2021. Now, next week, we have the last episode of the year. This is with Craig Ross, who is CEO and founder of Versus Global. His company is 21 years in business, a fantastic milestone. Craig is the author of four books, Do Big Things, One Team, which is a book about 10-minute discussions to activate, inspire teamwork. Um, also, Degrees of Strength and a book called Stomp, which is all about the elephant in the office. Michael Bungay-Stanier, whom I mentioned, recommended Craig as a guest. So I'm looking forward to having Craig on the show for the last episode of 2020. A year in many respects I'll be happy to see the back of, but again, thinking positively, there are things we can learn from bad years as well as good years. So thank you, Michael, for that suggestion. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you out there in podcast land. And I look forward to spending time with you and hearing from you and serving you in the rest of the next year, 2021, and hearing from you. Please drop me a line with any suggestions you have for content and any other ideas. That's mark at trainingbusiness.com. So wherever you are right now, a happy Christmas. A wonderful, peaceful, joyous, and safe new year in 2021. And I look forward to your company again next Thursday. Until then, take care. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.